Have you ever found yourself in a powerless situation? Have you found yourself in a situation where all of a sudden you felt like you had no power to change it? You had no power to turn things around. You had no power to, to make it right. We, we find that in, in many aspects of our life. One of the areas that very often I see this is in a dating relationship or where there's a guy and a girl, and, and one really likes the other more than the other. <laughs> you know what I mean? And all of a sudden, there's a power situation that happens there. And the one that is in power is, can, runs everything. They, they make all the shots. They say all the, every, where they're going to go, what they're going to do, how they're going to be, how, where this relationship is going to go. Everything is about that. And I'm convinced that's where our world lives right now. And why we have so many young people that aren't just dating but living together, and they're, they're not willing to make that commitment to marriage because marriage is that ultimate power releaser. Marriage says, I'm going to give you my heart, my life, my soul, everything. I'm going to give it all to you. I'm going to give it uh, to death to his part. It's all yours. <laughs> and so, but to do that means that you're giving up power. And I think a lot of times our problem isn't so much of love, lack of love, or even commitment, but it's a fear of being powerless. The fear of, oh, I'm not going to have that power anymore, or I'm going to be powerless, I'm going to be that power position. We fear that. And maybe even one of the worst uh, power struggles that I work, where maybe your employer or your boss is t- abusing or taking advantage or, or, or say, you, know, you need to work here and you know, your money's dependent on me. And so you're powerless. What do I do? How do I say? You know, and you can't even think outside your box about of a new job or, or, or whatever or anything that, that is going on. It's something that God has so much bigger for us to understand. Thank you. Appreciate that. That God is able to do, even when we feel powerless, amazing things. And I think so many people are, are controlled by that fear of being powerless, of, of not having that, that power. But God wants us to, to do that. It's really interesting. I was reading an article on power, and they defined it, psychology defines power as the ability to exert your will, your influence over someone else. I got that. I knew that. I knew that power was one of those things where it exerts your, that, uh, your will over someone else's. But I didn't understand the second half. That's just as important in power. And when it comes to that, it's not only exerting your will on someone else, but power is being able to resist the influence of outside forces, resist the influence of someone else. In other words, so you have power, you can influence other people, but at the same time, uh, if you can resist when they're negative, when they say that won't work, when they say that's going to fall apart, when when that all breaks down, when all of those happens, you can resist that. And I found that uh, fascinating. The study also goes on, it says that, that power affects people in three ways. Someone that's powerful is powerful in three areas of their life. The, and the first is in thought. They think abstract. Powerful people think abstract. They're not, they're not so focused on this little uh, situation or, or this little problem. They see bigger They think so much bigger, maybe because they think they could do so much more. But secondly, it not only affects their thought, it affects their emotions. Do you realize that they did the study and they found that the more powerful you are, the more you smile? 
Maybe because you're happy. <laughs> Maybe because you think you're in control. I don't know, but I, I find that fascinating as well. It is a, you are more positive. Maybe because you think I can make the decisions. You are more positive when you have power. And you think more abstract and bigger when you have power. And it affects the third area, which is action. You don't procrastinate. You don't, you don't just say, oh, I don't know if I should. Or you don't hesitate. There's a boldness that comes with all of that. You see, this is what we need to understand. Power changes everything. I've been talking in this series about how Jesus changes everything. Jesus is the reason. And we talked about our unity. We talked about being a godly example in the home. We talked about serving one another. But I really want us to understand, especially this Sunday, this is Pentecost Sunday, to understand how the power that God has given us, the power that God has put into our life changes everything. And you think, I don't really understand that. How does, how does power change everything? Because you see, when we're moving in God's power, when we feel powerful in God, when we feel powerful in our relationship with God, when we do that, when we, we actually think bigger, you will think bigger, and to the degree, ah, I can't believe that, that's too much, I, you don't feel like there's enough power. You don't feel like God can do that. You don't, we think bigger, we feel better. <laughs> God's going to do this. It doesn't mean we, we never fail or we never struggle. Just like I, I was talking about the uh, powerful person, they, they say, this is, this is going to uh, end badly. They go, I don't care. I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm not going to procrastinate because the people that are powerful feel and act bolder, and that's exactly what we do. When you understand the power of God that's in you, when you understand what God is trying to do in your life, you will act bolder. You will think better. You will feel bigger than everything that God is trying to do in your life. The, the truth of it is, is that we need to understand, and you think, well, how does that happen? How, how can I actually feel better? How can I move in God's power? How can I understand what, what, what God's trying to do? And I think so often is that we don't move in God's power. We don't understand what God's trying to do because we don't understand the story. We don't understand where the, the power comes from and the 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 story of God's empowering you in your life to deal with these everyday issues that you think, man, I'm powerless here. I can't change that. This is too hard. What's going to go on? And because we feel that powerlessness in our hearts, then we don't really trust God and what God's trying to do. We've, we've missed the story. So let me tell you the story, just briefly. To tell you the story, Jesus lived and died. And he rose again on the third day. Yay! Easter. We celebrate that. That's so exciting. That's just the beginning of the story. <laughs> it's not the end. A lot of people say, I come Easter. I come Christmas. I come Easter. I'm good. <laughs> I, the birth and the end. And, they, and that, that, that's their whole story. Jesus lived. Jesus was born. Jesus died and rose again. But God has so much more. Because it, the Bible says, for the next 40 days, Jesus walked and talked with the disciples. He kept showing up. Even when they locked the door because they were afraid, he'd walk right through the door. He kept showing up over and over to not just the disciples, but to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people kept saying, I'm here, I'm here, I'm real. I want to show you I'm not a ghost. I'm not just in, uh, something that just sort of drifted out of the tomb. This is real. This is me. I'm here for 40 days. He did that over and over and over again. Maybe he was playing games with them, playing cards. I don't know. He just want, he, he, certainly eating with them. He wanted them to know I'm real. I rose from the dead. Then, as we talked about last week, he ascended. And that was a very powerful moment because he gave instructions to the disciples 
And, and he says, I, I want you to go to Jerusalem, and I want you to hang out there because something's coming. Ten days later, ten days on Pentecost Sunday, which is a feast that uh, Israel celebrated, which meant 50 days from Passover, 40 days he hung out, 10 days later, they were all there and all praying, and the Spirit of God fell down. They heard a mighty rushing wind. They saw what looked like uh, tongues of fire, just streaks of fire everywhere that landed on every single person. It didn't skip anybody. It didn't say, you're praying well. You're not so much. You're sleeping. It didn't do any of that. Every single one of them that were in that temple room that were praying were filled with the presence of God, and they got up. They heard. Okay, you got to get this. They saw. They felt it was real, and they spoke and changed the world around them. In fact, in Acts 1-8, Jesus told them, okay, when, you, when, when this happens, you need to understand you will receive power. Power. You will receive power. The, the God, the Spirit, came that we may have power. Power to live this life. If you don't have the power, you're not going to be doing it right. You're not going to be making right decisions. You need to understand the power that the Holy Spirit brought. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Okay, comes on you. His presence, he's with you. And to be my witnesses, which is purpose. And I'm going to talk about those two things. Because you think, oh, I want power. I want power. How many want power? We all want power. I want power in my work, power in finances. We all want power. But why? What's the point of power? What is it that God is, is trying to do? You see, the Spirit, God the Spirit, gave voice, tongues. <laughs> they were in their own language, and they were in heavenly languages because they were worshiping God. And they're looking, they're thinking, man, these guys are crazy. These people are drunk. I saw something on TV that was that was putting down people that spoke in tongues. And it's the same thing. And nothing's changed. Okay, 2,000 years later, they're all just like, what? But the point is, if they gave the, the, God the Spirit gave voice to the church. This was the birth of the church. Every uh, denomination talks about this is when it happened. This is when a bunch of disciples became the church. Because they understood the presence and they understand the purpose of what God was trying to do and the power that God w w was trying to do in our life. The Spirit came and was and birthed into the church in incredible power. We, as the church, have access to this power, to the power that God wants to move in our life. How, uh, the world craves this power. They don't understand it. They think it is about power, and it's not. But they seek power. Politicians seek power. <laughs> Political parties seek power. Sometimes, unfortunately, even religious leaders, and they let it get to their head, and all of a sudden they fall. If they fall, I guarantee you it's because they misunderstood power. They misunderstood the primary aspect of God the Spirit coming, empowering his people, and moving in our life. I, 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 I notice I don't play Call, call of Duty. Anyone play Call of Duty you ever have? But evidently in Call of Duty, there is a trophy that you can get. And you get this trophy. It's called Power Changes Everything tro uh, Trophy. Literally, that's what it's called. Power Changes Everything Trophy. And you only get this trophy when you've totally upgraded all of your armor. <laughs> Come on. 
Come on, is that not a setup? Because is that not what the Holy Spirit did? He took a bunch of disciples who were afraid, who got it wrong, who thought it was only about Israel, so small, confined, and turned them into a dynamic church that seeing thousands and thousands and thousands of people come to the Lord. What happened there? It's called a Holy Spirit. Power changes everything, uh, not just a trophy. Because uh, if you see it as a trophy, you think that's the end. But it's so much more. It's more like a trial, not a trophy. Because a trial is just a tool that's used to spread the mortar. When I was, uh, took a group to Uganda, we built the house. We built the, it was stone. And we, and then we had to take these, these trials and we just put the mortar on. Because it binds. It builds. It holds together. That's what the power does. Not to say, I'm powerful. I have power. But... This is the power through the Holy Spirit that comes on us so that we can build up. We can edify one another. We can encourage one another. We can see everything that God is trying to do. Because you need to understand what power does. And the first thought is that his power in us creates an awareness of his presence. And if you get lost over, oh, that the power's about this, the power's about this, I'll tell you what Pentecost was about. It was about giving voice to the church, and they spoke. <laughs> they spoke clearly. They spoke loudly. They spoke in tongues. They spoke in the heavenly language. They spoke languages that other people knew. Why? Because it was that first part that Jesus promised, so that you will know he's on you. You will know that God is here. The Spirit is with you. You're not, you're not alone. He manifested himself as the comforter. You think, Holy Spirit is a comforter. What does that mean? What does it mean he comforts? How does does that work, that that he is a comforter? He comforts us with the power of his presence, that he's here, that he is moving in our life, that he is not something that is abstract. See, the church from the very beginning sensed and was stirred by this one fact, God is with us. Jesus said, I will never leave you. So God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit came on us. That's why Jesus lives in my heart. Because the Spirit empowers us. The Spirit infilled us. And we have God within us. That is crazy. That's just mind-boggling to think that he is with us. That he dwells with us. That he comforts us. That he encourages us. And the church, the early church, knew that. And so often, I think, we have forgotten that, that he's with us, that it's a presence, it's a power to show us that that we can feel him, that we know he's there. You see, they heard long before they ever saw, and you got to be open to hearing what the Spirit is saying, and then they saw, and then they felt, because they spoke, and the world was changed. You see... The early church always had a strong sense of God's presence, that it was paramount. And if we, as a church, as a people, as a, as a, a group of believers, if we need to understand God is with us. We are not alone. We are not in this alone. It changes everything. It literally changes everything. God is with me. His power is with me. His grace is with me. His mercy. Do we understand that, that it changes everything? God's presence pervaded and and moved in everything that the church did. Every healing, every work, 
every act was always about his presence. The Holy Spirit was there. The Holy Spirit, when, when, when Ananias and Sapphira were lying about things, the Holy Spirit was there. Not good for them, but it was there. Come on. <laughs> presence was there. When, when there was, when there was uh, persecution, God was there. He was always, always, always there. Look at Acts 2, chapter, uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 33. It says that the promise of the Holy Spirit comes, and he has poured out what we now see and hear. Do you hear? Do you know God's here? Do, do you really know? Or is church a religion? Is it, is if you just go through the formalities, if you just try to look good and try to act good and be good, then that's just, just a form and function. But if we understand his presence, he's here. God is here. God is with it. It changes everything. He, he poured out his spirit so we could see and hear. You see, spiritual breakthrough, if you, man, Greg, I want spiritual breakthrough. I need this turned around. I got, Greg, I want this to be different. I want to be better here. All, we're praying for the spiritual breakthrough in one area or another. I'm convinced it comes through a revelation of presence. That God is here. That his power is with us. So if you understand and have a revelation that the power of God is with you, that is, is in you, then what do you fear? What do you doubt? What do you worry? What, what, what tragedy, what difficulty, what pain, what uh, 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 situation you think, God, I, I just don't know why. You don't know. You don't know that his presence is there. And if his presence is with you, his power is with you. See, uh, do we have an awareness of his presence, of who he is? See, we live in a day where the world is absolutely empty of the presence of taken it out of our schools, we've taken it out of our homes, we take it out of all of our institutions, sometimes even our churches. And when there's an emptiness, there's hopelessness, and there's despair, and there's doubt, and there's fear, because we don't know, God, you are here. You are in us. You are among us. The presence of God is, fills us. Several years ago, I... Uh, Lisa and I were living in Flagstaff, Arizona, beautiful place up on the mountain. It's just gorgeous. But I was, in, I was in so much turmoil. I was hurting. I really believe God was saying that I needed to go on to graduate school, and I didn't think I had it. I didn't think I could do it. I didn't think I was smart enough. I didn't think I could do that. And, and I just started this ministry working with Lisa's dad, and, and such a man of God, and, and so kind and so encouraging. And I thought, oh, I don't want to leave this. What do I do? God, this, and I was, I was in turmoil, I, I, absolute turmoil. And I got to the point where at, at, one, at one point I just thought, I, I need to go out because I like walking in parks. I love walking on trails. I just, something about that that fills me. <laughs> and so there was a park that was nearby. Okay, I say park. It was like a fence, and then there was like mountain. <laughs> but they called it a park. And uh, I went to there, and, and uh, I just wanted to be alone. I just I, I needed God to speak to me, and I didn't, know, I, didn't know, I didn't know what I was feeling. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to do it. And I remember walking through there and looking around, thinking, oh, and then there was this dome-shaped rock. It looked just like a round, perfect dome, smooth and everything, like it was made. Only God can do that. <laughs> I mean, it was amazing, and it was big. It was pretty big. So something in me is, I thought, God, what do I do? And this is what God told me. Go sit on that rock. I don't want to sit on a rock. 
I want an answer. <laughs> Come on, stay with me now. Watch this. I said, I don't, you ever argue with God? He's like perfect and knows everything and knows all the future. It's like if you knew the ending of a book and someone was arguing with that won't happen in the book. And you go, hey, 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 let me tell you. <laughs> I know where this is going. And this is, that's us arguing with God. So I don't get on a rock. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's crazy. You know, what if someone sees me? So I, I climbed up on this rock and I sat on this rock and crossed my legs. And I think, great. I look like I'm meditating. Because, you know, it's like New Age, New Age capital of the world. It's Sedona and all that, crystals and all that was out there. That was a really big thing. And I think I look like I'm meditating out there. And I thought, okay, well, that's good. I'll fit right in. <laughs> so except in meditation, you empty yourself and have nothing. But in prayer, you receive. Come on. That's the difference. Meditation just empties, and there is nothingness. But prayer receives. And I'm sitting there, and I'm saying, oh, God. And all of a sudden, like, like I cannot explain to you, I felt God. I just felt God. Before he said anything, I felt his presence. I knew he was there. I felt him. And then God just said, you know what, I'm going to take care of it. I want you to go and apply. You're going to get in. You're going to go where it's going to go. I'm going to take care of all the finances. It's right there. He just told me everything. And I trusted everything he said. Why? Because I knew his presence. Come on. Because presence brought the power. And when his presence was there, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, all that will work out. And I'm sitting there, why? What is so different sitting on this rock? It, uh, come on. When you're, when you're on Christ, when you're on the rock, then it's always different. Many, many years before that, when I was just a young boy, I had a urinary tract infection, and it hurt. It was so painful, and I was so ashamed because obviously I did something wrong, something I was bad. Some, I, I, I didn't know what it was. I just know it hurt. So I didn't tell my parents. You know those things only get worse <laughs> and worse. And finally one day the pain was so bad. I remember as clearly as anything. I ran in the other. We were talking earlier about what you can remember. I remember this. I remember the room. I remember everything. I remember the smells. I, I, could, I ran into the other room and was just bent over in pain. But it wasn't just pain. It was shame because I thought I did something wrong. So I went, and there was a chair in the corner, and I went and hid behind the chair in the corner and cried. Well, my father must have saw me. And so he first came in and said, Greg, what are you doing? You know, come on, Dad, that's who we are. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? And he heard me crying in the corner behind the chair. And he comes over and literally picks me up. I never saw my dad big and strong, but he must have been because he just literally picked me up and put me on his lap and put his arm around me. I said, what's wrong? pain was still there. Not as much for some reason. But the shame was gone. Because <laughs> I was in my father's hug. God wrapped his arms around me. And that is what the spirit does. That is what the presence does. That's what it means when the Holy Spirit fell. Is he came to comfort us. To give us hope. To give us life. Sadly, 
the unreality of God that we find in our world, in our life, in our actions every day steals the very presence that brings us hope and brings us power, that takes away the shame, that takes away the fear, that takes away all these things in our life. We lack that presence for so many of us. Say, God, how can that be? The Spirit brings, His presence brings comfort and hope. But when we don't understand the power, when we're afraid of the power, we lack that presence in what God is trying to do in our life and what God is trying to say in our life. Let me give you a theological question. We can all understand that. A, a what if, sort of an exercise. What if God sent Jesus, Jesus lived, Jesus died, Jesus rose from the dead, but he didn't ascend. How much better would that be? Jesus would not just spend 40 days, but maybe he would spend 40 years, <laughs> maybe 400 years, and maybe even 4,000 years going around and just showing and bearing witness, saying, I rose from the dead. I'm here. I'm real. I'm alive. How amazing would that be? If Jesus was still here walking around saying, I rose from the dead, how much greater maybe would that be than where we're at? Jesus was here, and Jesus, maybe he'd, go, he'd, he'd you know, uh, go to big churches and, you know, and be, maybe even do TV interviews so people all over the world would see Jesus. Jesus rose from the dead. He died, and he's still alive, and he's there. Wow, how crazy would that be to see him? You know, we would go on little singing tours with Zach Williams, whatever, hey, you know, and they'd sing together because Jesus would love that kind of music. I'm convinced. The point, the point is, that's amazing. That would be incredible. But it wouldn't be enough because it would only be from a distance. Even if they saw Jesus on TV, wow, he's alive. I see him. And they believed it wouldn't be enough because it would be only from a distance. And it wouldn't be enough for me sitting on a rock because I needed God in me. I needed to know his presence was with me. And God, Jesus ascended because he said, if I don't go, the Spirit won't come. And the Spirit must come and must settle on you and be in you and breathe on you and guide you and speak to you and direct you and speak through you, whether that's just English or words or tongues or whatever or gifts in the church, whatever it is, to release the power. Are we willing to trust him? To understand that that's what it means to understand that everything, you see, the early church, <laughs> they heard the sound of the rushing wind, they saw the fire, and they felt the presence. And the world was changed. You know what strikes me, thinking about the presence of God in the garden? It says that Jesus, or, okay, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, whatever, God walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the evening. So probably about every time, at the same time. The Bible says in the cool of the evening, so probably about the same time. You think Jesus or God was ever late? Think he didn't show up? I'm really busy. Gabriel was crazy. You know, this, they were flying. The cherubim lost a wing. Oh, oh, sorry, Adam. Sorry, I'm a little bit late. No, I think he was always there. I think he was always there and always, always on time. Always there. They knew. They knew this is when God showed up. You know what's crazy? Adam and Eve's by this tree with this serpent. 
and the tree, the four of them all there, and they're having a little conference, and they're, they're chatting up what's going on and thinking, ah, do we sin, do we not sin, do I want that? You know, all this, uh, the knowledge of this tree of good and evil, God said, no, but I don't know. They're, they're sitting there having this discussion, <laughs> and they fell. They sinned. And the Bible says almost immediately they went and they sold leaves to cover themselves up because they realized they messed up. Think about that. That means that just moments before God showed up, they fell. Moments before the presence of God, maybe what would happen if they had waited? Said, you know what? Eve said, "This looks real attractive. I, I think I really like this man. That 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 fruit, that apple, that whatever." <laughs> most most scholars believe it was like um, a plum. Something like that. Ooh, that looks so good. That's like me watching a Wendy's commercial right about now. Man, that looks good. <laughs> you just like, but, but let's just wait. Let's just wait a minute because God will be here any minute. Because this is when God always shows up. They didn't wait. And almost immediately after that, all of a sudden, look what it says in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. It says, when, this, when the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord, almost mirroring what we see in Acts. They heard the sound. They saw the presence of his fire. And he was there, but they had already sinned. They had already, it, was, it, it was already too late. It was already done. They heard the sound. And they went and hid in the corner by, behind the chair because of their pain, because of their shame. They missed it. So close. How could, how could that be? And I think the serpent knew too. He knew when, when God would come. And he says, come on, you've got to make this decision. Come on, I like this. I'll, I'll tell you right now, I'll cut this in half. I will give you twice as much power if you buy right now. If you buy today, before you walk out, come on. I'm going to know what I'm talking about. And they said, yes, and all of a sudden they lost it. Now they're hiding behind the chair in pain and in shame. You say, Greg, why why?" Why do we need God's power and God's presence? Because it's always there. And if we're standing before that tree thinking, oh, do I cheat? Do I look at that, which I shouldn't? Do I lie? Do I stay selfish? You know what? God is there. His presence is right there. We're never alone. And that's why the Bible says no, no, no temptation is too great. Why? God is there. His power is there. If in any moment we can just say, hang on, God, I need you. The Spirit teaches us how to say yes to goodness and how to say no to the things that are wrong. The Spirit teaches us that's the presence of God. God, thank you for sending your power because that power changes everything. The power changes everything. The presence of God moving our life. But it's also about purpose. Because his power in us creates the ability for his purpose in our life. Because, you see, they heard so they could speak, so that the world could hear and be changed. If we want to see the world change, if we want to see our family change, if we want to see everything change, that only comes by understanding not just his presence, but his presence is here with his power for his purpose. And his purpose is that we would share. 
that we would speak, that we would be effective. Because immediately what happened is there was courage, there was strength, there was power, everything. Man, man, it was all there. There was boldness. Um, Peter, who was afraid of a little girl just a few uh, maybe weeks before, is now saying, let me tell you the truth. Let me tell you what God is doing. You can burn me at the stake. I don't care. (laughs) That's boldness. Oh, where did he get that boldness? From the power. Where did he get the power? Woo, from the presence. <laughs> and now he knew his purpose. There's a, there's a series I've, I've been watching called Limitless. It comes from a movie. It's, it's older. But it's about one pill. Take this little pill, and all of a sudden, you know everything. And you know what changes more than anything? His confidence. He, this, this character on this show took a pill, and all of a sudden, he knew it. He brain explodes, and he knows what to do, what to say. He's just confident about things. Isn't that what God does? Isn't that way? That's the way God wants us to live is through power and confidence and ability to understand, God, you can, you can do this. You can turn this around. You can heal my family. You can change my neighborhood. You can he, uh, heal my body. You can do these things. All of that power comes from an understanding of the purpose of what we're merely meant to do. Because you see, when the disciples were Jesus, oh, they were bold, weren't they? Jesus, should we call down fire from heaven to burn up these reprobate sinners? <laughs> Jesus is shaking his head. The only reason they say that, Jesus was there. Because they're not thinking they called out fire. Jesus. But when they're not with Jesus, they're afraid. They're hiding. When the presence wasn't there, they didn't think they could do anything. Let me read this last verse for you. Acts 4. 39 through 41. It's a few verses. Just stay with me. He says, the Lord was in a prayer of Peter and John. The very end. Lord, consider their threats. <laughs> How many times we prayed that? God, consider this pain, this problem, this fear, this doubt. The world says it's going to chew me up and spit me out. God, consider their threats. And enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. I love that. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders. And after they prayed, the place where they were at was physically shaken. And they were all filled again. Because the feeling is not just like, oh, that happened there, that's done. It's a, it's a co- continual feeling. The presence is continual. God is always with us. The feeling is always there. The speaking is always there. Their empowering is always there. Everything. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. You see, I think what happened is the Holy Spirit just wrapped his big old arms around that building and gave it a holy hug. <laughs> and it changed everything. And that's what I got, believe God wants us to do in our life. It's just to give us this holy hug. To trust him. And everything that we're doing, believe. See, the power came. They heard. They saw. They felt. They spoke. And the world changed. Do you know God is here? Do you know his presence is in your life? It changes everything. Not just a presence, but a purpose to say, this is what you called us to do. This is my life. This is my heart. That others may hear. That the world may know that Jesus loves them. That Jesus rose from the dead. And that never, ever, ever goes away. You receive the word this morning. Come on. Give God thanks. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray that your power from God the Spirit 
has just stirred in our hearts and is manifested by your presence and by your purpose that teaches us, Lord, how to trust you no matter what we're going through, no matter how alone we may feel, you are there. And to know our purpose, to share boldly your truth of Jesus Christ to a world, to friends, to family, to neighbors. God, I, I pray right now that that power of your Holy Spirit just again refill every one of us, starting with me, God. Just fill every one of us again. Fill us with your presence, your power, and your purpose, Lord. Breathe on us. God, give us a, give us a holy hug that shakes the very core of our foundation so that we're only sitting on you. God, I thank you for that. God, if there's anyone here, if there's anyone listening that does not know your presence because they've never received you, into their life, into their heart. God, that has to happen. Before there's ever any power, there has to be repentance. And say, God, I need you in my life. And so, Lord, I pray. I pray with every heart that's watching, with every, with every beat that they're saying, God, I need you. I pray right now with them. Forgive us. Cleanse us. Wash away all of the sin. And make us new in you. And renew us with your presence your power. Release your spirit in our life. Receive the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. God is good, isn't he?